Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting in to all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. Our guest today and on the show is Elisa Zotomorba. She is the CEO and founder of AZ Real Estate, which is a property and real estate company in London. And I'll leave Elisa to tell you more, but absolutely so grateful for you to be here, Elisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's my first podcast in English. I, this is my second one as a guest, obviously, um, in my life. But the first one was in Russian. Russian is my my um, mother tongue. Um, I hail from a Moscow suburb in Russia. Uh, I moved to um, London and the UK though 15 years ago, and this is definitely home. So um, yeah, I'm Alisa Zotimova, and I run my own business. Uh, it's coming to its 10 year anniversary this summer, which was which which is both believable and unbelievable. It seems like uh, only yesterday I was I was working in a corporation. So before that, I did work for 10 years in two big uh, real estate companies. So real estate is my main um, career calling and, um, <clears throat> yeah, way, way to make a living. Um, I've been doing commercial real estate, yeah, for, well, the last 20 years, really. Started in Moscow, moved with um, a, a global company, Cushman & Wakefield, moved with them to London, um, 15 years ago, worked for another five years here and then started my own company. So yeah, AZ Real Estate is based in London. We are a boutique firm or a firm that's uh, yeah both um, you know fairly small in size. We're now at our largest uh, number of uh, team members at eight, uh, which is a lot of people for me. Um, and uh, yeah, we work with... Um, really the clients who appreciate uh, this personal approach and individual approach who can afford it, but also who really benefit from that extra added value. So we're not really your typical estate agents as they call them in the UK. Yeah, we are, we are advisors, but we don't build anything ourselves. We're not developers, we're not construction people. So yeah, that's uh, who I am. That's amazing. One, congratulations on almost being at your 10th year in business now. That is absolutely fantastic. 20 years in the property industry and in real estate. Just amazing. And it's why we wanted to get you on here as a guest. You know, you've really started your business. Like you said, you've got the team to the size it is now, but you've grown that yourself from the ground up. You've really transferred that experience that you had elsewhere 
there've been a lot of learnings uh, sort of along the way. And I love what you're doing for clients in terms of that kind of that convenience and that really tailored approach because you really know your market and you know London really, really well. So um, absolutely fantastic. And for some people, they just they need that help, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, there's definitely we we have enough work for sure. Um, and uh, we've there are clients who do need that help. There are uh, customers who don't don't have the extra time to um, yeah to look for themselves. They don't have the expertise. We work with a lot of yeah um, incoming expats, so Russians, Turks, Americans, um, you name it who, you know, as long as they speak English or Russian, we can help them solve. My team is bilingual, um, but we're based in the UK. So we, we have the, the remaining third are probably the local um, clients. Um, yeah, I'll just, just uh, tell our audience that uh, Melissa and I worked together uh, briefly and now last year, 2021, mm-hmm. we met and, and I had the privilege of being consulted by Melissa and she's really helped our team around. So um, to to make some improvements in our learning and, and excellence. So that's why she knows a bit more about uh, my company probably. But yeah, I think today, Melissa, we, we are just uh, not talking about that work, um, but we're talking about what my, my experience as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how you can really help share that message for people that may be going through something similar, uh, you know, in a service-based industry, how you build a team, how you um, still continue to pass on those skills to others and, and the challenges that come along the way. So um, tell us, first of all, who, you know, you got to the point where you were like, actually, I need some help with this. And now I need to hire somebody. Um, tell us a little bit about that and who that first person was. Yeah, uh, I was really trying to remember, you know, you think that this is your company and uh, it's only been 10 years, but I'm pretty sure who the first person was, uh, but I'm not 100. I'm, I'm 97% sure. Yeah, I started with interns. Um, so because I think a, it's great for, for a startup to get some, you know, temporary help. You don't need to make a, a you know, a, a really firm commitment because I take my responsibilities towards my team and especially, yeah, full-time staff very seriously. You know, if, if you take someone on, you, you're committed to pay their salary, to pay their pension and their, their national insurance. You know, this is, and it's, you know, it's not a decision that people take lightly and it's the same way for me when hiring someone and having an intern helps you a little bit with that right it's it's by nature it's often temporary um and uh again it was a lighter lighter load for me emotionally i think and financially and also i think uh, for me yeah and i recommend people take interns or just uh, you know hire young people to to do work because i think it's yeah it's very it's very important to give someone their it's not first chance but at least one of the first working experiences and and i think it's important to definitely pay for it you know even if someone's um happy to come and work for you for free i think it's important to remunerate you know maybe at the lower level so that's just my credo so also let's um yeah, it, we're discussing the people i was directly you know hiring and responsible for from day one i was all obviously working with some consultants right so you know i was i was a hired gun for a few former you know colleagues but also i had people who you know helped me but on a more independent basis so i'm not i'm not including those so yeah i think um the first person was yeah, a couple of years in and it was uh yeah my first intern was called aisha she was a young lady who who uh 
hailed from Sweden, lived in London, but her origin were African from, um, yeah, uh, one of the African countries. And um, she, yeah, she was great. She worked for me in the summer for a couple of months. And um, yeah, we got, we got some stuff done. And then I had another intern, a Russian guy called Mitri, who's doing really, I think I haven't spoken to him for a while, but he, he did a good job working for me, but he's, yeah, since uh, really progressed his career, um, he came, he returned to Russia and started there. And this, yeah, I think he's doing quite well. And then, yeah, and then I started hiring uh, people and basically firing them. <laughs> and then that, that, that went on for a while. Um, but not, not, I didn't hire, uh, I, I, I hired a few people and some people stayed and yeah. Um, and some people didn't work out and that's just, yeah, that's just life. It's, it's part of it, right? It absolutely is, 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 you know, the hiring, the inspiring and the firing, like it's, 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 it's part of business. It does happen because accountability kind of must take place. Um, but, but let's go back a little bit about you kind of talking about those interns and, and saying who they were. And I, and I know this is a podcast, but if you guys could see Elisa right now, like the way she was smiling, the way she was like, you know, thinking back to that particular moment, um, you can see it really, you know, it really mattered. It was a pivotal point where you were sort of bringing in this, this sort of support. So you made the decision. You were like, right, this lady's going to come and help me. Like, what was what what was going through your mind kind of like in the run up to her starting to be onboarded coming in you having to show her what to do what do you do you remember what do you think? yeah I think it was much 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 more casual than what you described back then I mean the onboarding was yeah there was definitely some onboarding but I think yeah in terms of telling her what to do I think that was more of a a stress for me to have to come up with tasks for her and keep her busy and and yeah and it's this first I mean I have had significant experience with working with teams and other people in in my years before I I, know I had no problem delegating but it's also um yeah it's it's what what do you delegate and what really needs to be done but yeah we we came up with some tasks Uh, what was running through my mind yeah I, I really don't recall it in such detail I think yeah then it's it's kind of fast forward to the yeah next few people I've I've hired I think yeah coming up with um, multiple tasks for them and and kind of really on one hand uh, trying to make sure you get as much value or you know every penny's worth of you know this person you hired but on the other hand is you know making sure that the tasks that you have in mind for them they're actually capable of executing you know that they have the skills and the knowledge to do it so that's a that's a tricky balance yeah i think um um yeah the the further i went along the more structured this process became let's put it this way (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And that's certainly something that I've learned myself. And I, I think a lot of other entrepreneurs and, and business people can relate to that. You get someone in and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I've got to start kind of document. Like I've got to try and create some type of checklist of how I do this stuff so I can kind of hand it over. And it, we haven't necessarily thought that um, entirely through it, you know, bit beforehand. So um, really important lessons there and, and great to have you share that kind of early sort of vulnerability and, uh, and newness to, to what you were doing. So now you're, you know, let's look back. So we've gone back to, to the beginning. We're now at the point you're at now, you know, you're, you're nine years in, coming up to 10 years, and you've now built this amazing team of people. Like, what is what is maybe something that what is the biggest thing about leading a team what has it taught you 
Yeah, I think it's uh, well. It's it. The teams are different, so my answer would be different. And let let me address the question where it is now. But the answer is different. I think uh, is it? No, you got me thinking. Um, <laughs> because yeah, I led teams before, as I mentioned, and and I think yeah, you just need to be. You just need to to people need around you need to see that you know what you're doing, that you have the confidence that you know you. You got their back. That you're a leader, right? It's leading teams, being a leader. You know, it's even in, in the verb that you used. Um, yeah, leaders need to be strong, and they need to be knowledgeable, and they need to have answers. So I think, yeah, in, in many ways, this is, um, yeah, what my team looks to me um, for as well um, now. So um, in in my present situation, uh, let me think. What's important? Yeah, I, we're definitely. Uh, working a lot more remotely now, you know, both through yeah, COVID that uh, sort of threw that into the mix, but also um, I have so out of eight people, seven of us are, are based in the UK. One is one is in Turkey, and you know, it's worked for me for three years, and we never once met in person. So I'm very <laughs> pro globalization and remote working. And um, yeah, Alisa, my my assistant and team assistant, she's. Um, She's great, but and we've never met in person, and she works remotely. So that for us was before pandemic. She's a mom. She's had one child when I hired her. She's now got two. So you know, um, I, that's something I believe in. Also, all all of the team are women. I'm just kind of it's a segue, but I'll I'll come back to your to your answer. Um, we yeah. Two other um, colleagues of mine work part-time, so on about 60% of their um, working week, and they both work remotely, fully remotely, with like maybe one visit to the office or to a property per month. And uh, yeah, they both have kids and they, yeah, so th that's kind of now, that's three of us. Um, I'm, I would say, a, a hybrid worker. So I'm both in the office sometimes and sometimes working from home. And there, there are a few of us who are, mostly in the office plus on viewings so i think um yeah the challenge to leadership now is really gluing that all together yeah and making sure no one's really just as i say boiling in their own juices too much you know and then feeling not even like i mean there's yeah loneliness and kind of exclusion to consider but also yeah you you chances to go off a tangent and then kind of lose <laughs> lose lose your goal or, or um spend time spending time on something that's far less relevant or far less a priority when you're by yourself that's that's definitely a risk so I think you're yeah, kind of herding all my kittens back together <laughs> as a leader I think that's important and um you know we have whatsapp groups for that and we have yeah weekly calls and yeah various sort of things and people check in at the end of the day with what they've achieved and everyone sees that in the whatsapp again it not not a micromanagement tool, but I, I remind people to do that because yes, a it gives me a chance to see what they're doing, but also you know, it also reminds them how much they've done or how little, if that was the case, you know, <laughs> they've done during the day and kind of yeah. to reassess your 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 working day. So um, yeah, so I think that's as a leader, that's a challenge. Um, also, I think yeah i'm i'm the let's say the ceo or the gm but i have a, a great sort of second in command now um who thankfully helps me with a lot of these leadership tasks as well because i need to still be going out there and get some new business and there's only that many hours and minutes in the day and in, in your life so you know i need to i need to share my time between actually leading the team but also doing 
doing my own stuff, you know, also to the benefit of the company. Yeah, and, and that is a challenge. You know, you, you talked about two clear challenges there for, for leadership. This um, this new hybrid world of working that we're in. Yes, you know, you've been you've been doing that with um, your team member for, for kind of three years, but then having to move more into the remote world um, since the pandemic, definitely. So um, for, for those that are listening, just to kind of jump in, in the conversation on that, it is a challenge and I think it's more of a challenge than people think in that kind of connection that you're talking about so Gallup used to run um uh, you know talk about the engagement surveys and the employee engagement survey and there's one key question on there which is um do you have a best friend at work now the mm-hmm. percentages of people that would answer that uh used to be statistically high in companies that had good culture good teamwork and now that that kind of office chat or that kind of socializing or that interconnection or that rapport that you would build up when you're all together it's not necessarily there so people are now starting to answer no in the employee engagement survey because also people may their best friend may have left workplace yeah yeah. but also but it's not because the culture has significantly decreased but that yeah it's like that intangible element you know giving each other compliments grabbing lunch together or you know yeah Yeah. like the little moments yeah aren't um are are, yeah removed through a removal of this like day-to-day little house well work hold yeah yeah yeah, totally and that that kind of that whole adoption of that that um the, the WhatsApp group that you were talking about. I love that because what you're basically saying is, yeah, okay, it's a way of me kind of seeing what's activity's been going on in the day, but also so they get to kind of have that joint celebration of, of, of yeah. the, the things that are being achieved together um, and they don't feel like they're alone. Can you repeat the phrase that you used about boiling? Because I absolutely oh. loved it. <laughs> no, it's boiling in your own juices. It's a bit of a, yeah, like you're like, you're in a soup, but you know, you you're too much of your own soup. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, I love that. I'm yeah, sure the listeners will love it. It's a transliterated, like it's a direct translation from Russian. Yeah. What varits of substance saku, yeah, like like a yeah, like a compote, you know, it's nice, but you need some other ingredients. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, you're boiling your own juice. So true. And that's a that's a brilliant analogy. Thank you for bringing that to the show no today. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it should go into some management uh, like uh, yeah, best practice book. But yeah, we could use it. <laughs> Never know. But, but people remember things, right? If it's got meaning to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Elisa's one or one boiling in your own juices. You do not know. Boil, do not boil in your own juices for too long. But I think yeah, on this point, I mean, it's it's for startups and entrepreneurs. I think it's like super important also when it's just you, especially also not to just boil in your own juices because yeah, it could it could lead to a beautiful to continue with like culinary uh, connotations. It could you know it's you you can become a wonderful reduction, you know, a use or something super yummy, very concentrated but also you know could like you could just go off you know you, you could become just a stiff you know <laughs> like the water comes out and and it's it's all bone I don't know I, I think we should drop that but but I think what the point I'm trying to make is also at, for, for those of us of, of you guys listeners who are um at an earlier stage and it's just you or maybe just you and like a part-time you know that intern who may not bring you that much because you're on different levels I, I'm a big proponent for like having peers, you know, like a network or just some people, you know, again, not necessarily a mentor because again, they may be on a level above you, but people who are in the same ish um, position and, and talking, being chatting on the forum or, or having someone knowing someone and, and just 
just throwing things off, you know, bouncing things off each other. I think that's that's very valuable and, and really a must. So you don't don't become too concentrated on yourself because again, it could be like you could get hyped up about something <laughs> pretty insignificant or maybe a wrong decision that somebody may, may sh- shed a different light on. Um, but, but likewise, it could be like a negative spiral, which, you know, gonna make make an elephant out of something insignificant and, and you could get really depressed yeah. really quickly. Yeah depressed really quickly yeah totally and that kind of loneliness that can can occur as well as an entrepreneur brilliant advice and also going back to what you were talking about about building the team you talked about bringing the interns in but you were like but hang on I had some consultants and a a team prior to that and I I see that and you're right so you're kind of speaking from experience there in, in having good people around you before you you know as you're kind of moving towards um building your own team so fantastic advice and and great point there so there you are, you're in your, you know, you've got to this point, you're not boiling your own juices, the, the the remote team that you were talking about, and also that other element and that other challenge that you brought up about the fact that you're in, you're in that, you're in the business, having to delegate tasks, having to find someone that you can put your trust in to execute on the things that you're doing by finding that kind of that GM that you've got and, and, and that gives you that little bit more peace of mind then right as as a business leader yeah absolutely it's it's hard to find that person let me tell you um but once you do it and you yeah you you can afford to pay for it and it all stacks up it's brilliant and i i definitely um again i don't i don't want to sound lazy but there are some things i just don't want to do myself now (laughs) um it's just uh, it's nice to be able well i mean or i would I, I also remind myself look if if all of you guys disappear you know i can i used to do it all myself so yeah i'll probably manage not not to this uh, volume or amount but you know that's kind of your like absolute plan 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 z you know but um yeah that's that's not the the top yeah, no, plan no but, and it's interesting you picked up on that because i think that is something that it, it's it's good to notice that actually you have a vision you started this business for a reason to be able to grow through it yes do the hard work but also then to grow other people to do the work and um, for you so that you can spend like, let's be honest you're also a mum right yeah yes I am boy. yeah mm-hmm. yep yep I um so yeah the business is 10 years old my my son Leo he's uh, yesterday he turned two years and seven months so that's two and a half basically <laughs> and uh yeah so I've had yeah I've, I got um I got him while I had the company already and yeah, I'm a mom and uh, I'm combining yeah, the two. Well, I think we're all more than yeah, business person, moms and, you know, we, yeah. we all of us wear multiple hats, but these are my two very distinctive hats. Yeah. What would you like to know about that, Melissa? No, I was just I was just bringing up the point that, you know, you, as you've grown the business, you now have, you know, you have new priorities as well. Yeah, you've got, yeah. you know, spending time with family and the fact that you've spent 20 years in, in real estate, it it puts things into perspective so that you can maybe stand back a little bit, isn't it? And, yeah, and start yeah. to. It's a plan. choice. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm a writer. Right. So, you know, because I wrote my book. Um and I, yeah, so these are all, yeah, mom writing, um, yeah, well, staying human and learning something new or remembering something old. Yeah, all the things. It's more a luxury, but definitely something I consciously afford myself uh, uh, to to do and to spend time, my time on and my money on 
running the business through other people's hands. Um, yeah, that's all a choice, but it's it's nice nice to do it. I'm 42, so just for for people's kind of background and yeah, it, it, I don't want to sound like yeah, I'm ready to retire at 42. I still work a lot, and it's yeah, it's not all like hanging out with my kid and writing books, but it's it's a nice balance. I'm I'm happy with what I have now. Yeah, which is amazing. And and coming on, we, we will come on to the book um, shortly. Uh, before that, I know that you started a little bit before the book, you started a, a women's mentoring group. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of, um, it's not of an organic, it's like an ad hoc, I think would be a more um, suitable word to call this group. I mean, the, this group has now closed off. So I'll explain. I mean, I've always believed, so Aisha, my first intern, I mean, some in some ways she was my mentee and I was her mentor. I also paid her a bit of money and she did a bit of work for me. So, um, but, and even, yeah, before I think, yeah. So I believe in, in mentorship, not just women mentoring women, just, I don't know, more mature and um, knowledgeable people people helping people younger I, I strongly believe in that um, and I think kind of unofficially I was doing that I mean I had great people who helped me and if I you know if I ever recommend you know kind of if I ever had to answer what I like about my work or why what one should look in a workplace you know not talking about working for yourself now but yeah it's being surrounded by intelligent people I think that's that's really great so um, I've probably mentored some people along my way uh, even before I've um, more formally started this yeah I was a member of Urban Land Institute ULI one of the professional property organizations which was great and we had yeah I, um, I was uh, chairing the young leader committee there for a couple of years and we had yeah also more formal mentorship program and I had a nice mentor and I was a mentor to somebody through that so it's kind of it's 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 been going on for a while and um yeah, and then I think as I was writing, because my book is a lot about sort of sisterhood and women helping women and other people helping women too. Um, yeah, I kind of, I was boiling in those juices <laughs> a lot, I think. And um, yeah, and I thought, ah, oh, maybe I should do a, a group. So this was maybe in, um, yeah, kind of winter uh, 2021, about a year ago. And I just 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 put it on Instagram and said, I'll, I'll take on two people um for six months and help you know apply apply within tell me why it should be you and uh, and it didn't it ended up being more it ended up being wow. a lot more applications so I met but some some women who and this time it was just for women um just because I felt so so it wasn't like an official sometimes you just need to if you have an idea just don't wait for its perfect formulation I mean there are lots of things around uh, that already have a structure and if you can join one of those do it I didn't have one I just thought you know what <laughs> here's a chance I'll do it myself I have an idea and let me let's see what happens so some of the women who applied were already so strong that I suggested that they take up some of the uh, mentees other applicants so I managed yeah. them up there were maybe <laughs> like four or five pairs um, and they've done really well actually wow. it was nice and I've myself then took on two women individually. Uh, so once a month for six months. And then like a few girls, there were four girls who had very similar backgrounds, very similar kind of stages and things they wanted. So I bundled them together and I did like a group um, as well for the six months. So, so that's now done and dusted and I'm not doing it for a while again. <laughs> no, I, I, and I get that. It's like you, you, you did it, you've, you've grown it, but I, but it, it I, I'm just seeing these natural qualities of a leader where you've kind of gone, hey, hang on a minute. 
I, I, I could take them all or I could send some away or actually I can see these people would fit together. So what you've done, you've kind of empowered. I love it. I'm just like, I'm beaming from year to year. You've empowered people to continue their relationships and continue their journey on without you to take that next step. Yeah. Um, but supported them to get to that point in, in the first place. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and actually the four, sorry, the four in the, in the mini group also, they, they became friends in their own right. So yeah, they probably have some, some background group without me. Well, I, I, I hope. And I think <laughs> that because again, so I, I kind of connected them and um, I'm saying, yeah, I may do it again. I, the, the, I, I still love it, but I, I the, the other side of it, of, of these great ideas, when you're helping someone, it, it takes your energy and time as well. Yeah. And that's something to be conscious of. And there's also, yeah. And, and there, some people may, may benefit from it hugely um, and tell you think like be very grateful, but you may also not get the gratitude you expected from others. And I mean, <laughs> without too many hints, yeah, there, there were some interesting outcomes from this six months as well uh, with one of the participants. Yeah, that was, was yeah, there was just a, some, some very strange response after <laughs> spending a lot of my time. It turned out it was all for, yeah, useless and, uh, you know, it was very interesting. I, so yeah, that it, happens as well. It, of course it does. I mean, it's part of coaching. Some people, some people, that it's about the perceptions, isn't it? Some people believe they're open to being coached and to be supported and mentored, and then other people they believe they are, but it, it does. They're not able to, you know, listen, put that action into mm -hmm. into place, and it doesn't go somewhere. But it, but that's the point. You've got had success with the others, so thank yeah. you for sharing that. And uh, sure. I think it just adds to the character of you Elisa and, and what you're able to share with the world you've created a legacy there you've also created a legacy uh with the book which I am keen to come on to but I do have yeah, uh, yeah. just a couple more questions before before we go into that you know if someone is listening to this out there right now and they are struggling with their team what are some things like three tips that you would give them to move forward with Biggest yeah. lesson I want to share about getting a team together and, and reviewing your team or growing your team is do not hire the first person that comes your way, no matter how nice they seem. I know it's so obvious. I mean, should be, right? Sounds obvious when I'm saying it, but I've, I've done it. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, it's not just the first CV you get. I've hired some people because I knew them and because they came to me looking for work and then I sort of roughly needed somebody at that point. And then I thought, okay, let's put it together. This person needs work. I need someone to help me. Boom. Uh, there were a lot of failures in this approach. <laughs> like, I can't, I mean, I think it was a matter of time when, when, um, yeah, when they all failed, you know. Um, uh, so, so definitely, please, if, if, if there's, so uh, hiring and growing your team, in my opinion, should be proactive, not reactive. Not, you know, so, so try not to react to a great candidate or a great intern or a great young person who sent you their CV. I, again, through the kindness of my heart or the foolishness or <laughs> just who knows why. Yeah, I definitely in the beginning re reacted and, and hired these people and then thought, okay, I'll, and it's not like I even have that much money to throw at it. You know, it's not like I was like, hmm, let me hire a person, you know, but then I thought, okay, I need someone and this seems like a good candidate. Why look further? This is a match, you know, made in God knows where it was made. But so the right way to go about it would be to um, outline a vacancy you have, you know, and it may be especially in the beginning that you need like um, 
such a multitasker, right? So you kind of need someone with IT skills and sales, you know, usually two opposites, you know, hardly combinable in one person. But even so, you know, write it down and try to, to see what vacancy you have. And when, or when you even, when you are very clear about who you're looking for, then go far and wide and get as many candidates as possible because it's just, yeah, um, it's just, just bring such, such better results. Um, more tips and tricks. Um, let's see. Yeah. Huh. Then I mean, I become very subjective. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it's my opinion, everything I share, yeah, right. Sure um, it is. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, so the whole kind of, the attitude problem versus performance, you know, so, so how, where do you draw a line when you feel like the, the person kind of psychologically and through their character and through their sort of just, just their chemistry isn't a great fit for, for you and, you know, maybe for the rest of the team or just for you, you know, that's an even bigger question, but then they are performing, you know, so how, where, how long do you keep them? How do you change them? Can you change a person? Yeah, I hope everyone's grown up enough to know that, no, you can't. <laughs> you, know, you should either accept them the way they are. So yeah, this is, I don't know, this is less of a um, tip than a, than a question for, for, further, for further discussion or for further comments. But I think, yeah, I did need to once let a person go who was um, actually, well, also a friend, but, you know, I hired her for, for her benefits and for her skills. I mean, she was a former colleague. Uh, we worked together in, in Moscow 10 years before, and then I had my own business in London, and she came around, and she um, and she, she worked for me for a year, and she um, she achieved, you know, she did she did her work, and, and clients liked her, or some clients liked her, and but um, unfortunately, for again, we, we're still friends, thankfully, and um, uh, yeah, I needed to let her go, uh, and that was very, very hard. And the reason I needed to let her go uh, was because through just just other circumstances in her life, unrelated to work, she was just so down, just so sad and negative. And uh, I mean, and and unfortunately, that negativity um, was just just seeping through. And you know, it was, but in 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 day to day life, it was like, no, we shouldn't do it. You know, she was stubborn and she wasn't agreeing, and she was just very set in her ways and. It, it was just hard. And um, yeah, it, it really translated into work. And I didn't see any way of that changing or improving. And yeah, I had to let her go. And she thankfully, and I didn't know how she would react. I mean, she, we, we were both upset when that conversation was taking place. But she, the first thing she said, thankfully, was thank you so much for giving, for, for having me for, for so, for so long, you know, she, she didn't say it in these words, but for giving me a chance and, 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 and working with me for a year and uh, yeah, for, for, for bearing with me this long, I know I've, I've been awful myself, you know, so, so I think it was something she was aware of. And, and in some ways the good, the happy, well, the happy continuation, not an end, or maybe a new beginning is that she's then, you know, kind of, really decided to go back to something she she studied in uni you know 20 years ago and she's gone and yeah got a degree basically retrained to for for a law uh degree and now found work in a law firm and she's yeah she's i think her eyes are burning much brighter and she's much more energized so again that's that's yeah i think two two out of three i give you like, something you know. and, and that's it you know it, i think sometimes it's it's and you know we're coming back to it was hiring firing um you know inspiring firing it, it, sometimes it is hard to do that but also if we're keeping people it, we're also holding them back from potentially those opportunities yeah. that you talked about and finding what 
finding what's really right for them. If we can help them while they're in the company to find out what they really want to do, you know, at that point before they leave, then great. If not, it's something that they, everyone's on their life lesson, aren't they? Everyone's on their own journey. And, and just because maybe we've learned something doesn't mean they're at that point where they can learn it right now. So, yeah. you know, thank you for that, that vulnerable share and that honest share um, with us. I definitely felt the emotion while, while you were sharing that. And it, 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 it is tough. Family, friendships, work, all of those things that cross over, um, it, it, it can be a real challenge. So, so brilliant advice there from you, Elisa, uh, on those points. So with your team at AZ, what would, how would you describe the culture now and the way that you've, you have the team? Oh, I don't know. You shouldn't ask me. You should ask the team now. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you, I mean, because, right? Yeah. here's the culture I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like us to, I'm aiming for. No, but I think, look, it's, it's a flat work. I mean, we're, we're pretty on hierarchical. Uh, if there's such a word, you know, it's, it's flat enough, but I think, yeah, but I, I make it clear as to who, who the questions and, you know, approvals can, can go to and come from, but um uh well but again yeah it was flat while it lasted now you know with every new person the kind of clear clarity in even in this regard needs to be is more more and more important um yeah i think we we have fun where um we sort of joke and yeah it's it's not very formal um we help and support each other. I mean, there's definitely, I think there's that feeling of camaraderie and, and knowing each other. And I try to make sure we meet in real life and have nice lunches and, and um, sort of hang out and get to know each other a little bit as much as possible. Um, what else? Yeah, we are, you know, we're not perfectionists, but we're definitely striving for um, uh, excellence and you know really high level of service um, and and uh, you know be, being uh, being sure that we're giving people what they're paying for you know and uh, and justifying um, our fees and and really bringing that value and not just not just sending sending invoices yeah um, uh, yeah you know constant learning is one of our uh, one of our um, yeah, sort of values. And I think, yeah, I, I believe that, yeah, it's just, just can't stop learning. And I mean, you should definitely start at some point, but you don't, you don't stop. And I think, yeah, that's something I challenge, challenge my team about when, when I feel there's, they're asking a question that, you know, an answer is, is and attainable from, from a source other than me or other than a colleague. Uh, but again, I also believe there are no stupid questions, you know, that kind of the, the, yeah. the structure of like, why did you ask that? That's stupid. <laughs> they, they won't hear, they, they won't hear that from me, but they may hear, well, what do you think? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. What else? Um, yeah. I think, I don't know, we're optimistic, you know, and, and I, and I like my team to know that and, and them to, to give that feeling to each other is that, that, they I will always defend them you know and yeah we got each other's backs but also you know they like yeah we won't work with nasty people and um yeah bad attitudes towards my team will not be tolerated and and we don't have to scrap for every you know penny <laughs> anymore and we'll just some clients are not for us some some fits will not uh will not happen and we and that's okay so I think that's that's important as well. 
Brilliant. And yeah, I love that. The the defending of the team, the fun aspects that you talked about, the making sure that you've got that bonding experience, some really key points that that you brought out there, Elisa. And you're right, you know, it I think sometimes people look at business and say, Well, I have to help everyone. Well, it's not, it's not really the, the case, is it? It's it's the right people for you the right the right business that you want to work with as well as the right customers and and then things can can grow much better um brilliant uh insights there so what is something that and bringing on to that point what is something that maybe people don't understand about real estate or something that is has always been something that comes up like a question that always people ask yeah yeah i think well there's there's a common you know well there there there's some you know, bad karma, bad expectations, definitely with, again, to listeners in the UK, this would make more sense to listeners abroad. I'll just explain a little bit. So, um, and I, but I think there is some kind of bad, bad sort of, um, you know, real estate agents uh, have a bad rap or, you know, in some worlds, you know, it's like, uh, realtors or brokers or these yeah in, in the UK they call them ask them estate agents so yeah often not the most intelligent people go into this field often you come across some very pushy people in this field sometimes there's dishonesty or just a willingness to make a quick a quick buck or pound and just get the most money and run and not care about the future reputation or you know whatever um all of these things were not <laughs> and uh thankfully there are a lot of people in this industry across the globe but definitely in the uk who are not uh, who do not possess the qualities I described, and they're wonderful people and smart, very intelligent. Um, but there are also some, yeah, not so bright ones. So I think it's overcoming that, no, sorry, we're not these guys. We're more, we're advisors, consultants. You pay us more, you get more. You know, no, we don't cut corners. No, I can't take cash. No, you know, we have to have a copy of your passport. And no, you know, just just some of the expectations that people have, we just either need to dissuade them or, you know, either through just, just saying that um, up front or through our actions yeah, and showing that we're more because, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I don't have a choice. I have to hire someone. So I may as well hire you. You seem nice. Your office is central. Yeah, but they don't really expect much more from us. And then it's nice to, to overcome those expectations and show them, wow, actually. So I think, yeah, these expectations that kind of, and, and again, there's um, interesting, you know, there's a divide in like, there's commercial property, so offices, which I used to do for 10 years, and we still do a lot of commercial property, and then like residential. So these often are like two separate worlds where, again, there's, oh, he's just a resi agent, residential agent, and, and there's, wow, I work in investment. You know? So so even internally in the industry, there's some kind of segregation, which shouldn't really take place. I mean, it, neither is rocket science. I mean, yeah, it's still property. And um so I find that interesting. And often there's, so in, in, in AZ real estate, we, we do both. We have, you know, the, the strong residential presence, but also because I, we offer commercial property services. So a search for, you know, a restaurant or uh, renting an, an office space or investment opportunities with stabilized cash flow, we can do it all because it's not really rocket science, as I've just explained. And uh, we tell that to clients. And again, a lot of peers in the industry don't don't get it. Well, how? Which way? Which which field do you fall in? What box are you in? No, I'm, I have my own, okay. I created my own sandpit and I'm playing in it. Um, <laughs> 
so so yeah i think that's that's interesting yeah and i think yeah in in uh, real estate generally especially in residential but sometimes in commercial yeah i think more and more there's i mean uh there is a um sort of a, a drive to self-perform, right? So a client is tempted to not hire a professional for, for their search or their sale or their, their real estate needs. And again, in, in some percentage of, you know, maybe 10% of the time that could work, in my opinion. The rest, I think, yeah, it's really um, valuable to like going to a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, a, a, I believe in professional advice in all the fields. So, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, oftentimes in our industry, people tend to try to self-perform or even self-perform. And, and sometimes it works out. A lot of times people make mistakes and, um, you know, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, you, you're going to pay for it anyway. Um, you're really not saving on the commission. Then you may as well pay this commission to someone who's going to fight your corner and be officially like your representative is going to and will take a lot of headaches off your plate and your diary. And you can go and do your main job and make way more money in the meantime than you paid us um, in our commission. So I think, yeah, I think that's that's something about people don't often realize about property business. Fantastic. And and with that insight, because you do see over all of them, my question is, what do you potentially just very briefly predict may happen within the property world over the next few years? What's the future look like? Yeah, well, forecasting is such an ungrateful <laughs> uh, role because when, when you're wrong, they, everyone remembers it. When you're right, you know, oh, well, that just happened. Uh, I mean, I, so I, I I don't usually do it, but I think, yeah, so I, so I won't make any, any specific uh, predictions of looking in the crystal ball, but I think, look, um, very briefly, definitely there, the, I think the disruption through digitalization of things and simplification and appification, I think it will continue. I think, yeah, uh, that's inevitable. Um, and I think it's not such a bad thing. It's again, it, it sort of whips some people into shape who got away with just lousy work because there was no no proper way to 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 self perform for clients. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, definitely some disruption. Although I I'm not sure of any <laughs> of any yeah. completely new like amazing new thing that no one's thought about yet in. Okay. I may be wrong, uh, or at least it doesn't come to me. So I think there'll be more sort of fine tuning and crystallization of, of, of um, good, um, like good ideas that already exist. And then, yeah, but I think, yeah, the human element and like this knowledge of the fabric of the city, the areas that, you know, what we get um, hired for, that's still going to be in demand and it wouldn't disappear. I think, yeah, there's just, yeah, maybe there'll just be more market play at play, you know, more like competition and, and logic. And yeah, I, I you know, I've, I've been a client as well as, I mean, we work with a lot of peers in the industry and sometimes I think, yeah, these people shouldn't really exist the way they work and the way <laughs> they, they act. Uh, how, how are they still around? And I, I wouldn't cry when um, some of these sort of underperformers disappear, you know, and, and we're not afraid of that because we have some, I, I think we have a competitive edge. Um, what else? Yeah. And I think, look, London isn't going anywhere. So it, it proved it through, through Brexit mm -hmm. and through COVID. And it's just so obvious now, like the prices are through the roof and the interest is there. People, interna the international aspect of London, which was a big debate, you know, <gasps> after Brexit, yeah, everyone's going to move away. No, I'm not going to invest for three more years. Well, those who did <laughs> have more money now. 
So yeah, I think those are my forecasts. Fantastic. Brilliant insights there. Incredible. So the book, let's come mm. on to that because yeah. through this knowledge, through this journey from Russia uh, to, to London, you have, you know, written this book. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and the yeah. journey. Yeah. So the book is called Is Moskvi of London? So from Moscow to London. It's in Russian just now. Um, it's, yeah, it's called From Moscow to London and its subtitle is Notes on Uh, happiness and business so they're not lessons they're not life hacks they're notes um, which sort of (laughs) describes that uh, I am not really teaching or preaching but I'm so it's um, the book is sort of part autobiography part kind of motivator slash yeah business book slash you know it's kind of a, 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 a book of advice and my ideas and things that worked for me so it's about yeah, kind of growing up in Russia, finding an interest in English uh, language, my schooling, and then, yeah, my first job in like late 90s and how I got into property in early 2000s in Moscow. And then, yeah, my move to London, how I found, you know, what it was like here, a bit about London. Um, it's like sort of secret places and Russians in London and uh, a bit about the cultural differences or the comparing the two cultures. And then, yeah, it's... Um, about starting my own business or before that, how I, you know, kind of the deciding whether working for yourself is for you or it isn't and how I went about it. So all of these have, have examples from my life. And then, but I try to make it very specific. So especially towards the second half of the book, there are actually those checklists and life hacks and very specific lists of things that you could easily apply to yourself. And then there's, um, yeah, part about, yeah, mistakes I made and things that work, um, that work at the moment. And then uh, there is a bit about, yeah, also finding kind of my personal life um, and starting a family later in life. So I, I got married when I was 35 and I had my son age 39. And there's, yeah, there's a bit about around that and, and the journey to that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, you have the, the contents, table of contents in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's amazing, and you know, I'm I'm writing about myself, but like, I don't think sometimes people realize really what goes into that that you're putting your words, your life, your experiences onto that page, and and you launched it last year. I've I've seen a lot of the kind of PR, although it's been in Russian, uh, it's been you. It's been fantastic to follow the journey and see the Instagram stories and posts. Like, what is something that has surprised you or is something that you've learned since you've released it? Mm. Well, yeah, it's not been so long, really. It's just really like under two months even because it finally it, it came out in the paper and um, on the 2nd of December or thereabouts. Um, I launched it in Moscow. So, um, yeah, and it took me six months to write, and yeah, the, which is uh, fast compared to many, many like things. And yeah, a year from basically conception to more or less getting it published, which is also very quick. So, but that was that was a lot of hard work, and that took some time. Um, what I've learned since it came out, yeah, I'm getting the feedback now. I mean, some people who people who've read it, yeah, it's, I'm preparing myself for haters and trolls. But thankfully, so far they're all either sleeping or they, they are lazy enough to write about me. But um, so far the feedback's been great, and it's a wonderful kind of return of call it energy or just just this gratitude and um just the fact that it's it's not I, I've not done it for nothing and I've 
it is hitting some of the aims and the goals that I had for it. So supporting someone who just wants to know that, oh, actually this happened to other people. I'm not alone. It will get better. Or, you know, yesterday I spoke to a woman who's, who is sitting at kind of on that fence of, you know, quitting her like stable job and maybe working for herself. And she said after she's read it, she, she had some more tangible specific things to think about and to write down and calculate. And, um, and that's, that's great. Those are all the reasons I wrote it for. Yeah. So I guess it's getting this feedback is, has been wonderful, but yeah. And it still continues to take time and in, in promoting it and in, in talking about it, but it's, yeah, it's a sort of a pleasant segue, but yeah, my mm-hmm. goal is to get it out in English because I think it's, it's, it's pretty universal. And I mean, we're increasingly in a, in a, kind of world of immigration globalization when people you know okay i moved from russia to london but yeah if somebody moves from london to chile and then vice versa you know there's this the adjusting to a new culture new workplace i mean and, and not moving as a kid you know i was 27 when i moved so i mean like and i was established an established professional but yeah i read a lot about um yeah kind of the, the hiccups that were along the way and things that that helped me and how people support each other and making new friends and, and keeping your old friends so yeah there's i, I think it's it's uh, it turned out a good book yeah, and, uh, yeah yes and more people to read it now absolutely so I will definitely be at the front of that list when it is in English that is for sure so and you know and that's why I wanted to get you on this podcast today to hear people you know hear your enthusiasm for what you do hear your energy but also your honesty in in some of the things that can actually um, happen along the way in your journey what is you know but also that that positivity and that optimism from the things that you learn from it Uh, and I was actually getting quite emotional when you were talking about the feedback because you know, to hear you say, like, literally, it wasn't all for nothing. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it never is like you're, you're planting seeds. And, and even if you make that difference to just a handful of people, it's enough, right? It starts that legacy. So congratulations. No, a handful is not enough for me, Melissa. I need more. (laughs) I need more. But yeah, you're right. Even, even a handful is already, yeah, a good (laughs) life changed would, would already matter. But yeah. Yeah. And it totally matters. People get lonely. People move. You're right across the world. And then they they've uprooted their life. And then and then what happens? Right. So just incredible lessons today. Uh, And I'm so glad you were here for the interview. Uh, You know, you've talked a lot about property. We've talked about the book writing. We've talked about the mentoring. Like there's so much value that you've given us today. (laughs) Yeah. How can people actually, you know, reach out to you if they're interested in in property in London or if they want to know about uh, the book? Where can they? Yeah, I just generally, yeah, I want more followers. I need more followers on all sorts of um, wherever you feel comfortable because I am now spending a lot more time and energy on just keeping up the, yeah, my, so connect with me, please. Um, And then if there's a, if there's a business matter, I'd love to do some business together, mainly in London and some other parts of the UK. We have investors with money. We have buyers. We have tenants. Yeah, and, and like good quality stuff. And you can try for yourself what it's like to whether I, I really everything I talked about, all this nice stuff actually happens in real life. Or I just made it up. And we are just another estate agent. 
you can find out. Um, so connect with me at, um, on Instagram. I'm at Alisa underscore Zotimova. You can see my name in, in the name of the podcast. I'm on LinkedIn. It's probably my first. Yeah, that that's my strongest network. I, I joined in 2004. I like it's yeah, it's such a long time ago. Um, uh, yeah, definitely Facebook. Um, I started my Telegram channel, but that's in Russian for now. I have a YouTube channel with some videos, and some of them are in English. Or you know, if you want to just just look at at a pretty picture, <laughs> listen to some Russian, you could go there too. So Alisa Zoytimov all around. Or yeah, AZ Real Estate. We're also not hard to find. But yeah. I'd love to um, do work together if we can uh, as partners, as um, getting some referrals or, or just being, yeah, getting clients. Um, likewise, if there are any um, people with uh, links in literary word, uh, world out there listening, I'd love to hear from you because I'm looking, yeah, for, for English, um, yeah, like UK or global agent for, for my book in English. So that would be great. I, I, I'm making some inroads myself, but who knows, you know, it's important to throw stuff out there and maybe something interesting will come back. So connect with me in that sense as well. That would be great. Fantastic. We have put it out there. We've manifested it. We've put it out to the universe and to the audience. Elisa Zotomova, it has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for joining us on the Emotioneering podcast. Wonderful. Thanks for the chance, yeah, to spread this message as well, Melissa. Thanks a lot. I loved it. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, Has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. (laughs) Have a great day and ciao for now.